What's up, everybody? This is Mind Your Money with Miss Be Helpful, a show that highlights people and stories that will inspire you to get your money right. And this week on the show, I'm really excited to talk to Tansy. She is known on Instagram as Her Well Spent Life, and she has almost 30,000 plus uh, followers on there, which is amazing. She goes by the title of Money Mentor, and she helps people learn about money management and wealth building and so many different things. So Tansy, welcome to the show. Yay, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to just jump into chatting because I feel like it's been a while that I've been following you on Instagram, but we never had a chance to connect. And I was like, you know what? We I just need to branch out to reach out to all these amazing women. I see constantly their feed, the you know, the posting on my feed, but I haven't connected. So I was like, we're going to make this happen. 2021 is the year. Yeah. <laughs> so on the show, I usually bring on women to talk about, you know, money, especially if they have a platform. But I always start with these two really good questions just to get the drama going, just to start with the good stuff. And then we jump in to talk more about your background, your story. How did you get started with the brand and everything? So the first question that I always start with is um, what was your most expensive purchase that you've made, whether it was a purchase or maybe it was an experience or a trip or something that cost so much money and you regret it to this very day? Um, my biggest regret was right when we were starting our family, we bought a Yukon brand new because the thought process behind it was we're gonna have three kids, we're gonna knock them out and this car fits three car seats side by side in the back. So we was like, it's a good idea. This is a good purchase. The worst purchase right. ever. And my car oh, payments no. were like $7.25 a month. Oh my Bro. goodness. That was my, that used to be my rent when I had roommates. That used to be my rent. Well, listen, we have a rental property and that's the mortgage on the rental. So, wow. I mean, definitely a stupid move. I'm going to go ahead and say it was stupid. Yeah. I mean, I get, I mean, you know what it is? It's like now in hindsight, you think it's stupid, but at that time you really were kind of thinking ahead. Like we're going to have all these kids. We're planning our family. We're going to need the space. We're going to need to put up the car seats. Like you, you sort of like you tried to make a decision thinking ahead and planning ahead. But I guess the mistake was on, did you end up buying a brand new one? It was. So it was one of those cars where, um, they would use it to like go pick up somebody from the airport. So ah. it didn't have a ton of miles. It had like 3,000 miles on it. Okay, but it, like... it was considered new because it was in the same year and it didn't have a lot of miles. And it wasn't like used by right. like someone personally. Right. It wasn't like a personally owned vehicle by somebody before. Right. But to go into what you said, though, like I still, even though I'm looking back and I'm saying it, like, oh, I'm planning ahead. It still sounds crazy. It sounds like those people that are on um, HGTV when they're getting ready to buy a house and they have their first baby and they're like, we need to upsize. We need to go get like this five bedroom house. And we yes. need three bathrooms. Because look, what happened at the end of the day, I had my second son and then we decided we didn't want to have any more children. So, <laughs> oh my gosh. Like, okay, we're done. <laughs> now we, we got all this space we got all this space for uh, a couple of imaginary friends that the kids are gonna have back there <laughs> I mean it works out I mean like um we're military so we moved from like Newport Rhode Island to San Diego and it was really nice wow. to have all this space with the dog and it was like it was like a two-week road trip now I mean it worked for that but like living out here on the west coast with the gas prices 
every day I'm looking at those Honda Civics, like I'm coming for you. Right, right. We're about to downgrade. That's crazy. Oh my goodness. Well, I mean, I I feel you. That's all the thing too that's tricky about making big purchases. You're trying to plan ahead, but you never know how you might just change your mind. Like you might, you literally might just be like, actually, I don't want to do that anymore. So it's, it's, it's tough to project, but the best thing you could do is try to plan it out as best you can. But like, again, you know, you can change your mind at any time and literally any moment. Um, but that, that's a lot of money though. So, okay. What about on the flip side, a time where you spent a lot of money, but somebody else might think you're crazy and you actually, you know, you will stick by that purchase no matter what, no matter how much it looks like to other people, it was worth it for you to spend all that money. And it it was a worthwhile expense for you. I don't know. I have to say I'm, I'm pretty thrifty, but when I travel, like the hotel has to be bomb. (laughs) <laughs> like I or the Airbnb or whatever it is. Like I don't mm-hmm. go on vacation to feel like, you know, I want to feel like I'm luxuriously living my best yeah. life. So whenever I plan a trip, I try to cut corners as much as possible, but the hotel or the Airbnb is not one spot. It's just right. not. So yeah. That makes sense. I mean, that's where you spend a lot of your time when you're not out and about. It's where you sleep. It's where you park between, you know, what you're doing. I, I feel like I didn't learn that lesson until a little bit later. And not to say that that's a lesson, a money lesson or whatever, because I know there's a lot of people, even older, they don't care. They will stay in a hostel. They will sleep wherever. They don't really care. That's just not a, yeah, something that bothers them. That. Yeah, but I, I've definitely, I've learned how much more important it is to me as I've gotten older to have a very, like, a comfortable place. It's nice. You know what I mean? Even it could be, it could be minimal. It doesn't have to have a bunch of stuff. It don't have to be all fancy, but it definitely has to be clean. It has to be high quality it has to like, and I'll do the research. Cause I have stayed in some crappy, crappy places just to save money and end up regretting it. When you know, you in a dingy old shower with a bunch of mold and it's like, Oh no. Oh no. Nope. <laughs> no. That's right. Like my line sisters and I before COVID, um, we were always planned a sisterly trip. And I'm always the one who's elected to pick the hotel because they know, like, I'm not going to put them anywhere that's, like, bum. So it's definitely one of those things. That's so funny. Everybody has, like, their reputation, their friend group, you know? Like, my boyfriend, his brother, every time we go out, his brother's, like, the Yelp person. Like, we'll be like, all right, we need to find some place to eat. He's on it because he's all he's like the Yelp person who does all he'll find the best places, you know, real quick near us. And it's funny, like you, you got the designated, like find the spot for us to stay at. That's your role in, in the friend group. <laughs> yeah, that's my, cause I'm like, I'm so not a foodie. I'm like that person that will go to like Italy and not eat local at all. Like find me something <laughs> quick and fast. I don't, I'm not a foodie at all. Like I don't have to go to the local. I mean, I know it's good to immerse yourself in the culture, but I'm just not into food like that. So right. I leave Girl, that to I- the other I don't know how. I don't know how. What kind of genes you got? Because I just can't stop eating. I'm like, oh, my gosh. I was literally on Instagram yesterday. I showed my boyfriend this funny. It, it made me laugh more than him, but it was this funny meme. It was like this kid looked so confused and was like, I don't understand how I'm supposed to lose weight when I love food too much. Like, I was like, this is seriously my problem. I, I work out. I try to stay active, but I just love food so much. And especially if I'm traveling, girl, I will drop coin on some, like, delicious. Like, I will go to an expensive restaurant that was recommended by everybody that lives there just so I could like really be able to experience the food. That's, that's one area I will drop coin, but you know, everybody has their thing, you know? So like if traveling is your thing, you're going to find the little places in your trip that you're willing to go all out, you know? Yeah. And I respect right, that. So- I respect everybody's, you know, thing. 
Yep, exactly. Everybody has their thing. So I went online and I, and I was looking through some of your older posts and I'm like, okay, so Tansy is a self-proclaimed penny pincher. And, um, and also there's a post with you and your husband where you said that he was willing to put up with all your crazy uh, uh, obsession with traveling. So I'm like, okay, so a penny pinching traveler. And it kind of reflects because you just said like, yeah, when I travel, it can be a budget trip, but not the place where I'm staying though. So, and that's the thing that for you with traveling. So tell us a little bit more about like, have you spent a lot of time traveling? You said that you're military, but give us a little bit more of the taste about the travels that you've done. Is that something that's super important to you and how you budget for, th for, tri for trips, if that's something that's really valuable to you? Yes. So essentially, like this is going to sound like an oxymoron, but I'm a homebody. I like being <laughs> home, but I definitely like that time away from home. Um, okay. And so well, I've been in the military. We move. We've been in each corner of the United States. Like we've been in Jacksonville, Florida. We were in Newport, Rhode Island. We were in Memphis, Tennessee. So whenever mm -hmm. we go to those spots, all of the areas around is fair game. So like if I'm in Newport, that means, you know, we were in New York, we tried to go to Canada, we went to, um, we went to Philadelphia and New Jersey, like any surrounding area. And usually because I had small kids at the time and I knew my husband wasn't always going to be there, I'm like the driver. So me and the kids would just hop in the car, we would go, we would, you know, pop into Maine and stuff. Like that. So it's more, most of the time it's more local. Um, and we tend to like, you know, I know when people think of travel, they think of lying on a beach somewhere. But for us, it's more like kid-friendly museums and um, outings. And we find, like, the best mm -hmm. parks and stuff like that. And so it's just kind of like giving my kids an experience that I didn't yes. have. And yep. things that, like, we would read about, like, when we were in school, I was so into like social studies and mm -hmm. learning about like Mount Rushmore and all of like uh, the Mall yeah. of America. So anytime we have an opportunity to pass by a state or to live in a state that's close to something that I've heard about or read about, I talk it up to my kids, like talk it up and then we'll go. And so that's one so of the cute. first places that we went to when we got here was Hawaii. I was like, let me go ahead and get Hawaii out the way. Yes. You know, let me because Wherever we go, we only have a limited amount of time. And each place you go, it costs money. So you have to mm -hmm. sit and plan. And so I was like, let's get Hawaii out of the way. I wanted to do Alaska. I wanted to do, you know, Cabo, San Lucas. And COVID hit, but we're still going to work that out. But, you know, <laughs> my husband is not the traveling type. And that sounds crazy, but he's military and yeah. he's on the ship. And his ship is all over the place. And so he's been to, you know, Dubai and he's been to Italy and he's been to, so for him, it's like, I just came back. I don't want to go. Right. Right. <laughs> so it's just usually me and the kids, which is fine. Like, yeah. I mean, at this point we're used to it and we don't mind. We want dad to go sometimes, but we understand like when he can't, he can, and when he can, he will. So. Right. Oh, but that's so beautiful though. Just thinking of all those adventures with your kids. I feel the same way when I was growing up. I mean, I grew up in New York City where, like, if you're trying to go to the museum, it's going to cost a lot of money unless you go on the day where it's like everybody gets in free day and then it gets just crazy. And I remember my parents just were not very, like, I don't know, they just weren't into that stuff. Like, they weren't really involved in the, like, cultural stuff beyond our neighborhood. So my mom took us to church. She took us to school. She would take us to visit our cousins and people from her church. But we never really went to, like, Central Park or to, like, the museums in the city or 
any of the like any of the attractions that people come to New York for. I never really did any of that stuff as a kid. I do remember actually when I was in kindergarten, we went to the top of the Empire State Building and we looked at the top of the Twin Towers, which was crazy. Like when they were still there, I remember standing over and looking at them. So there's certain things I did because of school. But in terms of like my family life, I, yeah, I don't know that I, we would just watch TV, watch cartoons, eat, you know, it was in the house all the time. So imagine your kids being able to think back to their childhood and imagine a totally different life, like adventures, being outdoors, seeing so many places in this country. Like, you know, when we say travel, you're right. Everybody always pictures a beach. But what about all the places in this country that are so beautiful and we just like constantly trying to go somewhere else? Me, I'm guilty. I'm, I'm trying to go to Italy. I'm trying to go to France. I'm trying to go, you know, Canada. And mind you, I haven't even been to Mount Rushmore. Like, you, you know, it's kind of like it makes you think. It makes you think. It was, and when we came across, like we stopped at we stopped at Mount Rushmore. It was snowing, so it was hard to see. But like I've been a couple places, I'll say, like alone. And I've I've even I did um study abroad in Peru. But one of the most beautiful things I've seen was like coming down through Utah and like traveling through Arizona and Utah and like just the way like the earth has separated itself and made these crazy arches and dips and curves. It's just like that was my favorite part. And so I always tell people to look out, like, look in your backyard. Like, if you want to travel, like, look in your, it's so much stuff to do around you outside of Disney. Like, I know people plan and prepare and spend all their coins at, at Disney. And don't get me wrong, Disney is a magical experience. I really do enjoy it. But there's so many things that are free. And like you were saying, like, you know, you were going to free days. Bless me. <laughs> like, yes, why not? We go on the Tuesday or after six o'clock or whatever is military discount day or month or whatever. Like we take advantage of that. Like, that's right. Why not? Why would you not? It, it would be unwise to not take advantage. Like that's the thing. People like what I don't, you know, that literally makes no sense to ignore the discounts you get because of your status. Like it doesn't make sense. Yeah. Um, no. Cool. Well, so it sounds like you're trying to create this life for your, for your children that you feel like, you know, you want to give them things that you didn't have. Tell us, a little bit about your own grow up, you know, upbringing, how you grew up, where you grew up, like, because now you've talked about how you lived in Florida, Rhode Island, Tennessee, California, but like, where would you call home for you? And what was that early um, experiences around like your family and growing up there? And um, especially any early money stories that you might have from that time in your life, like either your parents and the way they handled money or any money lessons that you learned early on. Um, so yeah, tell us about that time in your life. So originally I'm from North Carolina and my husband is also from North Carolina. We're high, I guess you would say we're high school sweethearts, but we never went to the mm. same high school. So I don't know what you call it, but we met while we were both in high school and okay. I got married really early. I was 18 and he was 20. Wow. Okay. I know it's crazy. And so, um, that's where we're from. We're from a small town. I mean, there wasn't a whole lot to do. Like we had a skating ring and we had like a bowling alley, which are still open surprisingly, but there's like mm -hmm. nothing there. Um, there was like four high schools in the whole county. So wow. that's it. Um, I had like cows next to my high school. We go cow tipping. Oh my so gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot imagine. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hilarious. But um I mean, it was just a really small, small community. Everybody knew everybody. There wasn't a lot of talk about money. Um, there was more talk about having good credit than there was mm -hmm. about money. Like keep your paper bills on time. Um, don't get behind, don't buy things you can't afford. But like the mentality behind that is like, if you can afford the payments on that car, 
then you can afford it. Get as long as you're on with your payments, you're doing fine. And it wasn't until I got pregnant with my first child and I decided, well, listen, I thought I was going back to work, but I'm not kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Like it was yeah. truly like one of those decisions that was like, okay, what are we going to do? And uh, I came across Total Money Makeover and we started the debt-free journey. Now that's not to say I'm all into Dave Ramsey, but it is to say- <laughs> Just to make it clear. <laughs> I just want to be clear because, you know, Dave has a huge following. I don't want people to yes. get the wrong idea because yeah. I like once I paid off my debt, once I got past that era, my mm -hmm. ideas quickly changed. Like yeah. into like, you know, somewhat of a financial independence kind of mindset. That's right. And so, um, and so that's kind of what started it. Me wanting to stay home with the kids and realizing like, we're not going to be able to if we don't make financial changes. So beyond that, it was just like, we made our money, we paid our bills, we saved a little bit. Like we had like two or three K, you know, we thought we were okay. doing something. Okay. That's more than most people, I would say. That's way more than most people. And we were a young couple. So we were like, we're killing it, you know? And so... Yeah. <laughs> it was so funny but yeah and so it was kind of like the that baby that baby is what ignited like the whole change of mindset when it came to money and I really dove in then I was like really like me let me budget this thing out so that's what it was right I got you that's crazy how a baby will literally change your whole life but like your entire mindset shifts over too yeah because you gotta like it's no longer about you that's why I tell everybody, when you have a baby, like you have all these things, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. And then you realize that ain't about you. It's not about you at all. Exactly. <laughs> right? Exactly. And you know, it's so funny that you mentioned um, how in the community where you were growing up, first of all, it's so funny that you said cow tipping because my best, best, best friend, um, she is from North Carolina. She grew up in Hillsboro. Okay. And yeah. So I went to visit her last year or two years a year and a half or two ago um and it was my first time in North Carolina and it was my first time like in like the country country like not like you know North Carolina but then you go to like you know Durham or you go to like no we went to right where the cows were so yeah. Yeah. so and I got to see her mom's house and like where she grew up and we walked around and everything and I remember them saying that like for fun they would do cow tipping and I was like is that a thing like people do this like what so bored that's the thing you're so bored like you were like we had all these things and we never went to them we never had all these things like we read about them right. but we didn't get to do them so like I was like as soon as I get out of here I'm gone we're, <laughs> we're going so that makes so much sense that makes so much sense but yeah so then you mentioned how in a community like that when people do talk about money it's actually more talking about credit more so than anything else and that is just so interesting because, you know, well, I grew up in, in, in like with Dominican immigrants. So being, you know, the family, being a Latino family, like a lot of times you may or may not have access to all of the credit or the banking or the whatever. Like it depends on, you know, all these things depends on if you know, if you know somebody who has a bank account, who puts you on, if you if your paperwork is correct and in place or what, if you're eligible for that, like there's so many issues. But I remember every time I would go shopping with my mom, like when, whenever it was like Easter and we would get these Easter dresses, she would um, put everything on layaway at the store. Yeah, and she would come back and get, and like put another a payment and then come back like every week after church, she would go by there and put a little more, 20 bucks here, 20 bucks until 
the whole hundred dollars was paid off. Five weeks later, we would go and pick up the dress. And I remember it was like a whole thing. Like we'd be like, "Oh, we're get, we're gonna go pick yeah. up the dress today from Lilway. Mommy's making the last payment, so I get to take the dress home today." Like it was this huge thing. Whereas once people started getting access to credit cards and borrowing money through loans and stuff, like Lilway went away. It's like you walk into the store whether you have the money or not. You swipe the credit card. You walking out with the dress. Like it doesn't matter. There's no system that allows you to you know, build up to it. And I feel like that has a huge shift in the way we think about money. Such a big shift. Yep. My mom definitely did that. Kmart with the, you know, Christmas time, um, even with Easter, like we would, my mom would ask my grandmother, can you get her Easter dress? I'll get the, I'll get the boys or something like that. Like we would work it out in the family. Like, can you get her shoes or can you get her hair done? So I, tef- I definitely understand like that concept. And yeah, with the credit cards now available, it's like, all that all that just goes right out the window but you know at the end of the day that's why people if you don't question that if you don't like have anybody to kind of get you to think about it a little differently you might never like you know think about that so I mean I I feel you on the Dave Ramsey community I feel like there it's a huge thing it's it's kind of like a bit too much for me but I understand that it's an entry point for so many people so I really like that you said that like hey listen it just happened to be the first book I read it happened to be the first book I read that really made me think differently I'm glad I read it I'm glad I changed you know my my habits and my mindset but then I kind of did my own thing and and I, I I really like that because I think that's it's totally fine for it to be a launching pad and for you to figure out that hey maybe that's not the whole plan for me, I can kind of do my own thing from here on out once you do learn to control the way you spend your money. Exactly. For sure. Yeah. That's yeah. why I think I, I, I just had to make that clear because there's a lot of people who are going to. Tansy's one of those. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So tell us, tell us a little bit about um, where you're at now. So you have your, you know, how your husband, he's still military, the kids, the house, and you run um, her well-spent life, which is your platform. You have so much content. That's the thing. Like for, uh, I thought it was like you were blogging and then migrating over your content from the blog to images on your Instagram. Cause you have so many images on your Instagram it's crazy and it's not just pictures it's all content as well you have a lot of content a lot of like quotes a lot of really interesting um, posts so so what like made you get to the point where you're like you know what I know I figured it out for myself and my family and I'm doing you know right by my kids and my husband and I have it all figured out but what good is it to just keep it all to myself I really feel like I need to share this and and especially in a public way because I feel like people don't like telling anybody about their money mistakes their money habits their money like their budget like everything is very it's taboo and it's very private to talk about money in this country. So for you to go on and let 30,000 people know about what your, you know, how your money situation is, your planning, what you're doing, like what made you get to that point where you decided to do that? Well, one, I'm a renegade. How about that? <laughs> no, I've always been one to be like, um, to question things and to be mm. like, well, why can't we? I mean, and, and this is a small example. Um, you know, with my first child, breastfeeding was not the end thing to do. And my mom got on to me all the time about breastfeeding in public. And I was like, I'm, I'm going to breastfeed this child in public. Like everybody else is out here with their breast out. And yeah. so when it comes to money, being open about money is like the same thing. Nobody's talking about it, but why not? You go out and you talk about, you know, relationships. Let me be <laughs> PG. You talk about relationships that you have with your friends, but you won't yeah. share with them your money moves. Yes. And that's super helpful to somebody and I know there's going to get to a point where I'm going to have to not share so much because we're out of that debt-free um 
you know, era and we're in the wealth building era. And that's going to get to a point where I'm going to have to like be a little bit calm about what I'm sharing. But I still want to make it clear that at some point you can move through stages and you can get to where I'm at because we didn't have no money when my when we got married. Um, we were 18 and 20. I worked at Sam's Club. My husband was um, an E3 in the military, which at that time, I think he was bringing in $800 a month or $800 two weeks. I'm sorry. And so okay. that's what we were like we didn't always have what people assume we have and um so i did a, a new segment here locally and we talked about the 30k that i was saving last year and i got so many hate comments like oh it, it, it would be nice it, it must be nice to well yeah you know what it is nice because my husband has been in the military 16 years and he's worked his way up to where he's at you know, to be able to make this kind of money. And so, yeah, it is nice. So, you know, it's one of those things where I want to share with people. Sometimes I want to hold back, but I definitely want people to see, especially people of color, yes. that you can do this. Like we, we came from no money. Like I still had to pay my own student, my own way through college student loans. Mm -hmm. I mean, we paid off a car, two cars. We, we hope to pay off the rental soon. So you can do it. So that's yeah. the main reason for sharing, just as an inspirational yep. guy. Yep, I love that. Because think about all the other women, all of the Black women specifically coming up behind you that might find your page and go, wait, what? I don't have to just like rely on my man doing everything. Or I don't have to just like try to find me a rich boo. Like I can be the rich boo. Like, wait, what? <laughs> And you can do it on one income. Like it wasn't until this past year that I started making an income. Like I have been at home for 10 years. And so the first nine, I have, you know, no money at all. Um, mainly what I did was what people like, you know, roll their eyes at, which was like the couponing and this and that. But here's the thing at the time, like, you know, way, way back in the day, Instagram wasn't popping. There wasn't DoorDash. So I did what I could do while I could do it. Right. And then that got us to where we needed to be, which was mm -hmm. on our way to debt freedom. And now that, you know, I can use Etsy or I can use Instagram, the platform to bring in a little extra coin, then yes, that's what I do. So I, I just that. want people to not feel so, I guess, hard on themselves. Like, oh, I can't do that. Yes, you can. You, you know, mm -hmm. you have to the right mindset, but you'll get there. So that's right. I love that. I love that so much. And I feel like it, kind of after being with the kids for so long you kind of you you saw opportunities to become entrepreneurial which maybe you know is is kind of born from what was going on at home with the kids like I know you have beyond booked co which if you guys are looking for um you can tell us about it a little bit more but these are basically book sleeves that are handcrafted right and you can put your book inside of it and protect your book if you're on the road if you're in the car if you're on the go or if your kids just want you know to put it in their backpack but not get it all messed up with other things like it's such a cute idea so I imagine maybe this came from you being home with the kids but tell us about that well, so for me, it was, I'm a reader and I enjoy reading. And prior to this Etsy store, I had another Etsy store that didn't go well. So that's mm -hmm. another lesson in itself. You know, learn from your, your mistakes. Don't be afraid to fail. Because that first Etsy store, we ain't going to talk about that one. But um, <laughs> so with, this one, with this one, I honestly didn't have a whole bunch of intentions except for to make it a side hustle. I wanted to spend more time in her well-spent life and yeah. get it going, but it just kind of took off. And so what it is, they're book sleeves um, and they protect your books. Um, so I read a lot and I borrowed a book from the library and I took it out of my bag one day and like the cover was bent back. And I was like, uh... 
because this year my son was going to kindergarten and I was like, I'm going to get real serious. He's going to be at school. He's not though. He's at home, virtual learning. Right, of course. <laughs> and so, um, both of them. And so um, I was like, we're going to see how this works. And so in 2019, I started, I made about $3,000 that first year. Um, mm -hmm. One of the bookstagram, that's what that community is called, bookstagram. Um, one of the influencers in that community bought one and she really liked it. And she made mm -hmm. a post about it and sent all her friends that way. And that was kind of like the takeoff. And I was like, okay, it's Christmas. People want to buy stuff, you know, after Christmas, no one's going to want to buy this. That's kind of how I looked at it. And then it just kept growing. That's and so awesome. it was kind of something I didn't even expect to happen, but you know, you go where the money resides. <laughs> That's right. Where the money resides, where the money resides. That is so true. I love that it just kind of, it grew naturally, you know, like somebody found that they liked it, they shared it. And that's generally how things happen. You find something that you really like, you share it with people, they share it with other people. It's word of mouth. And, you know, that kind of referral thing, just, it just takes off on its own. It's just, you know, it's a thing of its own. Um, but that's so beautiful because I think it's, it's such a sweet like thing that it's rooted in your experience. It's rooted in like your home. And it's also an opportunity for you to run a business and also kind of like do something that is aligned to your own passions, reading and books. Yeah. It's obviously an important part of your life. Um, I don't really have that many friends that have children. I think one of my, my one of my best friends just had a baby, literally like a newborn baby. Uh, but the people that have kids in my family are my sisters and brothers. So they're all like my nieces and nephews that are doing virtual school right now. And girl, I don't know what life is like for you. I'm, I'm curious to know because they, my sisters and brothers are going crazy with their kids doing virtual learning. What is the life of a mom with virtual learning at home with their two kids? What is that like? You know, it's a lot. I have a 10 year old. She can kind of handle herself. Um, she's really good at staying focused, but sometimes I do have to check in because they can get a little sneaky. <laughs> mm -hmm, as all kids do. Yes. <laughs> And then I have a five-year-old and he started kindergarten this year and um, right in the middle of the pandemic, I think it was the end of March, he was diagnosed with autism. Um, and that wasn't anything new for us. We kind of knew there were some things that weren't like registering for him. And so he has a lot of therapies. So for him, it's a lot more strenuous to work with him because I got to get him to the therapies. And it's almost like I'm the therapist because they're, they're doing telehealth with him as well. So he has like food therapy. He has like OT, occupational therapy, therapy right. speech. And so I'm just kind of like their right-hand man all the time. And so with him, it's a little bit more strenuous, but I try to look at the good sides of it, which was, we spend way less time commuting, way less time. True. All of the, um, the, the pickup, the pickup, them being in the car or the car line, that was like, I mean, we just have a lot of our time back. And yes. I just really appreciate that. So, you know, I complain sometimes about, you know, the way the teachers have us tethered to the computer. But at the same time, I'm kind of happy that we don't have to do all of the transitioning back and forth so yeah I, mean, yeah. I know it's hard on a whole bunch of people and I'm, I'm fortunate because I'm at home anyway so you know I hear you if you're like pro school and I, I totally get where that concept comes from yeah, it's hard. It's such a hard um, debate, you know, like I hear I know I came from education. So my very first job outside of uh, college was a classroom teacher. I taught third and fourth grade. 
So, you know, that's what master's is in. That's my first profession ever. I love teaching, especially elementary school. That's like my jam. But I left shortly after I started teaching, like three years out, I went to the nonprofit sector and I started doing wraparound services. So reading intervention for students that are really struggling with reading. And we would pull them out or push into their classroom just to get them caught up. And then hopefully they just kind of go back to normal with like the rest of the kids with the regular schedule and be caught up with the correct reading level. So once I started doing that, that's when I realized like every kid is not on the same level to be taught the same way. Everybody's an individual type of learner. Like for us to be like, oh, like just it's just so hard to make a decision because there's some principals I know personally and teachers that are like, we need to have the kids back in school. This year is literally killing their brain cells every single day. Um, and then on the flip side, you have teachers that are like, bruh, no, like I have my mom living at home with me. I have my grandma, like I have my uncle, my aunt, my husband who has asthmatic for me to go to work every day, see parents, see kids do. And the way that kids are like, you better have eight tubs of antibacterial because kids touch everything. Right. And then you're going to go and like say goodbye <laughs> to the kids and then go home. Like it just, I understand both sides really well. And it's just too hard. It's too hard for me to take a side. I know it's bad for kids to continue to do virtual learning. I know, but it's it's also bad for adults to go back to school so it's just like oh like and I know kids should come first but at the same time like listen when you re- when you become a nurse or a doctor or a medical practitioner you are taking this oath to put your life in danger for other people because if somebody has a contagious disease listen you're signing up to help them through that medical challenge but teachers are not signing up to put themselves so close to death every day or to close to like diseases and stuff so it's kind of hard to say like, well, you know, well, this is obviously what we're supposed to do. It's not obvious. It's actually really, really hard. It's a sign of the times too. It's, it's so crazy that like you have to push through and figure out which option is best for you. But I mean, right now uh, we're in San Diego County, but our school district is Chula Vista and our, uh, you know, he, he's decided that we're not going to go back. And so we've not been in school this whole year, but I know there's other people who have, and they've had issues. They've had to close and reopen, close and reopen. Yep. So yep. it's just That's a nightmare. It's a, yes, it, it is. Has been. It has yeah, definitely so. been a struggle, a serious struggle. All right. Well, we are getting close to wrapping up before I ask you my final question, which is about your money mantra, which I'm going to put on a dollar bill and tag you on Instagram before we get to that, which is the grand finale. Um, tell everybody where they can find you, follow you and support your work that you're doing with her well-spent life. And also with other projects that you're doing with your side hustle, including, um, you know, the books and all the other things that you're working on. All right. Well, you can find me at her well-spent life on Instagram. That's kind of really where I only show up. I mean, Twitter is hard. I mean, it's not hard, but it's just hard to transfer information over to all these platforms all the time. So hopefully Instagram, come visit me there and soon my my site will be up and you can get all of the goodies there. And then my side hustle is Beyond Booked Co. And I'm, that's also on Instagram. You can go and see all of the designs I have. I'm hoping to add more bookish items for people who are bibliophiles and who love books as much as I do. So. I love that. So adorable, especially because right now there's this push towards tech. Even myself, I find myself less and less reading physical books because I always do audio books or I will just look at the the e-reader. And it's like at this point, I'm challenging myself to go back to those physical books because it's something about like being in like, you know, just cuddled up on your couch with with like a... um, you know, a little comforter over you, some pillows, and just reading like an actual book. You turn the pages, you can mark things up, take notes, highlight stuff. Like, 
to, I'm trying to go back to that more. And it's just, for me, it's like one of those things where it's so easy to just get stuck in the technology and forget about physical books. But it's such a special thing. It's so tactile, especially for kids. Like, especially yeah. for kids. So I love what you're doing. I can't shout that out enough. Like, read to your kids. That's that's sidebar. Sidebar, sidebar. Not about money, but read to your kids. Like, yes. all day. When You know, take away the electronics. Like, me and my husband right now are in a... <laughs> a tussle because on the weekends he just wants his free times and he's like go get your tablet and I'm like nope we're gonna have to entertain them so that's so, right that can't that's part of the contract he signed when he became daddy yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm with you anyway well this has been amazing I'm so glad I got to know you better Tansy let's go ahead and jump into this final question which is if you could change every single physical dollar bill to instead of saying United States of America and instead of having George Washington's face on it it's going to have your face and it's going to say your money mantra or money motto that you want to inspire people to see to think about um, to reflect on when it comes to money matters uh, what would that money message or money mantra be I think that message is going to have to be spend less and invest the rest. Every it. time you see that dollar. And maybe Love it me. might. That's if you're carrying cash nowadays. So many. Right. I know. When I first started this, it was before COVID. Now after COVID, nobody's carrying cash, but especially more so. But, you know, I think it's that idea that whenever we are going to purchase something, you got to like kind of reflect and think about this purchase you're about to make because it's just so easy to go online and just click, click, one click, buy, click, swipe up and click. Insta boutiques are killing everybody. Just boom, 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 buying. And <laughs> Maybe we like, should put it on our credit cards and we should right. put it like right, right before you click buy on Amazon, it pops up. Spend less, invest the rest. Yes. That would get people thinking every time, like, dang, let me just delete. <laughs> yes, yes. Backspace, backspace, right, no. right. <laughs> Well, thank you so much again. I'm definitely going to let you know once I finished um, posting this, I'm going to tag you on the dollar bill so you can share it. And uh, we'll stay connected. I really loved having this conversation. So um, best of luck with all the work that you're doing. And um, good luck with virtual learning with your kiddos. <laughs> oh, I know. I know. I mean, I'm good over here. I'm, I'm worried about other people who are on the struggle bus. They're <laughs> working and virtual learning. I'm like, God That's bless right. you all. <laughs> so. That's so true. That is a very good point. Well, thank you, love. Have a great rest of your week. You did the same. Thank you.